1: Like what you learn on this and other Cashflow Diary podcast episodes? Go to learninvestingnow.com and sign up to receive powerful tips and information that will help you succeed as an entrepreneur and investor. Now, here's your host, investor, entrepreneur, business owner, educator, speaker, author, and master facilitator of Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow Game, Jay Massey.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Diary Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Massey, and I'm glad that you are here today because when it comes down to building your business, there are many components that are required. In fact, there are many skill sets that need to come to the table. More importantly, you must know how to operate, lead, instruct, and win as a team. What's interesting about that is that there are many players on a team, right? And many positions, But one of the most important positions, especially as you're out there building your real estate portfolio, is the property manager. And what it comes down to is finding good ones, making sure that they understand team, making sure that they're on the same side as you is 100% important. In fact, a deal that looks good can be made bad with wrong management. And I know you know this. And you're always looking for the right resources so that you can go out there and figure it out. And more importantly, you want to know how you know you got a good one. And I think today we're going to be able to shed some light on that for you. I have with me today none other than Thomas Smith. He was a starting cornerback in the NFL. And what's interesting to understand and that I want to know is how many of those skill sets transfer? Because I'm willing to bet that you've heard me say before, where you start is not necessarily where you stay. And what you've done in your past will definitely help you inform your future. Because I'm going to take a stab and say that discipline, determination, commitment to learning, and all of these things are necessary in both industries. But most importantly, we're going to hear how he applies them to the real estate game to help his investors go out there and be successful as well. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some notes. I want you to get ready. I want you to finally know that today is the day you figure out what a good property manager looks, sounds, and feels like when you are interviewing them. Help me welcome Thomas Smith. Thomas, you there?
2: Yeah, hey, how you doing?
0: Uh, So far, so good. How are you? Oh, all is well.
3: Life is good.
0: That's good to hear. Now, this being your first time here, I want to ask you the same question that I tend to ask everybody that their first time here. Are you ready?
3: (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: I tend to look at today's entrepreneurs a lot like yesterday's superheroes. So think Batman, Robin, Wonder Woman, etc. Because I think. Superheroes and entrepreneurs have a ton of things in common. Chief among them, as an entrepreneur, occasionally I can envision myself flying around the city and county and world, saving my customers. Maybe I'm even dressed up with a cape that day. Also, like a superhero, an entrepreneur has a beginning. If you think about Spider-Man, there was a time where all he was trying to do, he was just going to school, get good grades, taking some photos. That's it. Trying to make some money on the end. And then what ended up happening to get bit by a spider discovers he's got a special superhuman ability and he gets to choose. Am I going to use this for good or evil? So my question to you is as (laughs) follows. Before the NFL, before your property management business, before everything that everyone knows you for today, we just simply want to know who is Thomas Smith? Wow, that's a good analogy. I haven't thought about it like that.
3: Basically, I'm a small town country boy, basically. I grew up on a farm. <laughs> I grew up on a farm and, uh, you know, woke up every, every day early. My father woke me up on the weekends very early to, uh, you know, drive tractors and tend to the farm, tend to hogs. And I basically started doing sports to, uh, to get out of doing some of the farm work. basically and it it didn't really it didn't really work because I still had to get up early after being four playing on Friday nights in high school football and junior high football and uh, still had to get up early Saturday morning to do my chores so but yeah that was basically the uh, the start of my sports uh, you know just try to get out of some of the work that I had to do so that's
0: Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to do this work. So I'm going to go play a sport. That's um that's interesting. Yeah. That's actually funny. Yeah. Now, yeah. you you said something though that I I want to I want to pick up on. You, you mentioned about getting up early, uh but more importantly, I I when I think farm and growing up on a farm, I think work ethic. Um and I'm curious to to hear your opinion on on just the topic of work ethic and more importantly, how had that helped you either you know in your in your career
3: oh yeah definitely work ethic is a definitely uh important ingredient uh, my father instilled that into me early that you're not going to just lay around look at tv and and play video games and you know do what you want to do you're going to definitely uh you know help me out so uh you know early Saturdays because we had a small farm my father worked a day job. He he was a welder at the uh uh Newport News shipyard there in, in uh Newport News, Virginia. But he also had a we had a small farm that was uh uh inherited in the family, you know, passed down from and it's his turn to run the farm and, you know, we had about uh 70, 80 acres of farm, forest land, as well as uh we did do hogs at the time. So
0: Okay, I just want to make sure you I'm clear because you said small farm, then you said seventy acres, and to some that might <laughs> that doesn't sound small. well. It's a
3: combination of uh, yeah, I mean, large is over a thousand acres, you know, hundred acres, two hundred acres. That's those are large farms, you know. Yeah. You got people that have large farms that have over five hundred acres. You know, when we say small, you know, it was like between fifty and you know uh, seventy acres, but most of it was forest, so we tended about uh probably like thirty thirty to
0: forty acres of it.
3: Rest of it was, you know, forest, trees and you know, forest land. Yeah, so sure, it was sure. covered now, with trees and
0: are those trees being used for paper or was it just natural habitat type of stuff?
3: Yes, just natural habitat. Uh I think we let them cut some trees down for uh paper a couple of times, but you know, it takes, you know, years for that stuff to grow up and then let them uh uh timber it. So but it was mostly, we only farmed about 30 to 40 acres of it. So it was corn and soybeans. So, you know, we, we were, I wasn't, a, me and my brother, we wasn't allowed to, you know, sit around in the house. Uh, you know, <laughs> as much as we wanted, as much as we wanted to, you know, hang with the other kids in the neighborhood and go play basketball and, and do
0: certain stuff. And anything we but had farm to, work is basically. Yeah. yeah anything
3: but farm work. So we had to work and, uh, most everybody in the neighborhood knew about that and they, you know, we had a lot of guys down the road that would work too and farm so but it was great though. It was it was fun. We just didn't have the uh the tractors that they have now. So we had this little small tractor and uh, you know, we'd be out there four or five hours a day. And then it'd be my brother's turn. And so we just rotate on one tractor and just farm all day from sun up to sundown basically. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> one tra-
3: One tractor. Wow
0: that, that yeah. sounds like a very long day or every Saturday.
3: Yeah, it gave me a chance to uh, it actually helped me because it gave me a chance to think
2: and mm. uh,
3: uh, imagine and visualize and, you know, because on Sundays, we didn't work on Sundays, so we'll work the evenings after I get off the bus from school and on Saturdays. And, you know, we'll knock it out, you know. Uh, and, um, and then we'll go from, uh, you know, on Sundays we watch football and go to church and have Sunday dinner and then watch football. So I had a chance to watch football on Sundays and that's what I visualized, you know, being a football player or
0: a basketball player. So, so okay. Uh, so let's talk about this because uh, many entrepreneurs get inspired early uh, for what it is that they, they're going to do. And right. I, right now I'm finding it a little ironic that you went from not working on Sundays to a Career that primarily works on Sundays, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> but, you
3: always find that, you always find that, huh? Those little nuggets there, huh?
0: Yes, I like I, that, yeah, I like I, that. I, that I like that. I think that's kind of like interesting. That. Like you, know, like complete. You know, almost one hundred and eighty type of thing. Um, so, when you were getting that original inspiration, what was it that uh, attracted you to the sport? What did you see that goes, ah, I want to do that?
3: Well, I mean just, just watching it. You know, with my father on Sundays, watching the game and, and then playing it in the backyard. You know, we played uh tackle football, you know, among the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was I was pretty good. I was fast. Won all the races in kindergarten, first grade, all the way up to high school and uh you know, I said, Well, I can I can do this and um started I didn't we didn't have a Pee Wee team, so we didn't have a little league team. I only started playing football when I was in junior high, so that was seventh grade and i was pretty good so i started in the 7th grade at quarterback and wide receiver and you know all the offensive positions mm-hmm. cuz in high school in junior high you know defensive wasn't a a big deal it was more <laughs> it's offense it's not existed so, yeah it was not existed <laughs> in, in junior high so he did all I excelled at all the offensive positions cuz i was fast and uh and i was athletic so and uh, so that's where it started from there and then i just Matured as I got older and, and you'll get better and better. And, you know, that's how I started.
0: Yeah. Well, and what I find interesting was very similar about many of the other entrepreneurs that we've talked to is it, it, there's often a parental influence in some way, shape or form or something associated, uh, with the home environment that begins to either illustrate that, Hey, I can do something or, Hey, I need to do something because there's a a cause or, or pain that I can help solve. Uh, I'm curious when the idea of playing the the sport comes to your mind, either today or or back then. Was it ever a, if I can if I can go make this happen, I can help my family, or was it truly like I'm just good and this is where I belong?
3: No, it was truly. Um, I just wanna. I grew up in a small town,
2: mm-hmm. so
3: it was more of you know either I'm a. I'm going to do good in school and, uh, get an education so I can get out of this small town or I'm going to be stuck here. And, uh, (laughs) so it wasn't, I mean, my father and mother, you know, had a very strong hand as far as discipline and, you know, making sure I did my homework, making sure I chose right and not wrong and making sure I stayed out of trouble. So that was the the parental influence. Just making sure I make better, good decisions and stayed out of trouble. Because, you know, back then, you know, discipline was, you know, you don't want to come home and get a spanking, you know, with the belt or right. whatever form of punishment they use. You know? Right. So I made sure I didn't i didn't get in trouble in school, Make sure I made the right decision, Make sure I was where I was supposed to be, when I was supposed to be. So they had a strong hand as far as the discipline. As far as sports, I just happened to be good at it. And, um, you know, God-given talent, I was good at it. I excelled. Um, it was fun. It was able to take a break from the everyday chores of you know farming and doing that and school and all that stuff. So it just happened to be good at it, and I excelled at it. And as I as I got better and better, you know, it was a chance that you know I could go to the next level. So, but I was always good in academics too, so that helped. You know, I got my classwork out. I excelled. You know, in the third grade, I was a I was a busy person. Mm in the third grade and you know, they always try always excelled at doing my work and getting my work out. I remember they tested me and, you know, I had a high IQ and they had to find more work for me. So
2: <laughs> they
3: put they put me in gifted and talented program in the third grade. And at that time I was uh doing more work than the average student. And um with this program with Duke, you know, I took the SAT in the seventh grade and so forth. So nice so just a way for me to continue to keep busy and sports help you know keep me busy and keep my mind you know at ease and you know it was just something that I was good at so
0: (laughs) yeah no I I get that I get that now yeah um here's something I'm curious about but I because you've done a great job and many of the listeners know that this is something and that bothers me, but yet at the same time, uh, I I get excited when we find a complete opposite story. I mean, we've all heard the story of the uh, professional sports player who, once the sport was over, then a whole bunch of bad things began to happen in some way, shape, or form. And very few (coughs) seem to make the transition. And we've interviewed, you know, many different organizations that help you know, players make that transition, et cetera, like at Athlife and et cetera. But my, my, my question to you is why were you able to make that transition?
3: Well, let let me first say that, you know, the transition was tough. Um, you know, I, I came out on a, on the good side of it at the, you know, as of today, but the transition was tough for me as well. I mean, they didn't have that many programs when I first came out as they do today,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and when I first um retired in two thousand and two, I was going through a divorce, and um I was going through like okay what's what's next for me? I thought I was a pretty bright guy, and uh, thought I had it taken care of and mm-hmm. you know at that time, the stock market had crashed, you know, I lost money in the stock market at that time, so the transition. Um, it was pretty tough, but, you know, with the, uh, how can I say this, uh, with a strong determination, strong will person that I am, (laughs) uh, strong mind, you know, I just turned it around and, you know, most people can't turn it around. That's why you hear the stories about, you know, people, um, you know, the the different tragedies with different athletes because they can't turn it around. I think most athletes go through that transition period where they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on, what's the next step. And, you know, most people have success at the end of that because they keep plugging, they keep moving, you know, they reach out, you know, they seek help. And, you know, and that's exactly what I did. So, um, and the ones that don't, They don't seek help. So, um, and that's, that's when you hear about the, uh, you know, the tragedies and athletes that are, you know, don't make it or they turn their drugs or they go to suicide or because they just can't take it anymore. And and they just feel like there's no way out. And, you know, I've been to that point where, you know, it's been, it's been tough, but you know, I kept going and, and, and turned it around and, 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 uh, and kept going.
0: So, yeah. And, and yeah. that's, that's one of the major skills that's necessary. As, and I, you could say in life, but I was going to say as an entrepreneur is knowing when it's time for the business, how income is earned and the skill sets that you need to apply change. And it just seems I, interesting to me why, you know, some can make that change. And it seems like there's no more stark change or challenge is except for those that come from a, a professional sports background to be able to transform themselves literally into something else um when it comes down to it so let, let's talk about it you could have chose anything <laughs> like anything what why property management because uh, there's a i mean if you talk to a lot of investors and myself included the one thing i don't want to do like it's property management i don't want to do that right um but it's the one thing you chose so i'm assuming there was a process there that led you to that what was that
3: well it was as anything else in life you know um you know i I, when i was in the league i was doing real estate so i've been doing real estate for for 18 years now Mm. i mean i started doing real estate I, i had uh invested in hotels, I invested in apartment buildings, I invested in, um, single family homes. So I, and I had a mortgage bank. So when I first left the league in Chicago, I started a a mortgage bank with a partner. So we was doing subprime loans and, uh, we was doing before the, but I sold my share before the market crashed. I think 2001. So, but I started out doing mortgage banking. Um, and then I got into, uh, Hotel investments. While I was still playing, I own an apartment building, 400-unit apartment building, and um I, so I was doing real estate the whole time. I was buying and selling real estate the whole time. Went through a divorce, um, got out, of, had to divest a little bit, some of those holdings, and got out of real estate and went into trucking.
2: Did you say and trucking?
3: Yeah, I did transportation for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I've been the I've been the classic entrepreneur. It's not really, you know, how I got into it. It's just things have led me back to real estate. I think real estate is the it's probably the best entrepreneur game to play hmm. because, you know, you can get in it, you know, with sometimes with little or no money and and then sometimes you can just you know, meet the right person or stumble upon the right deal. And, and you know, and off you go. So, so I basically came back to real estate. And when I came back to real estate, I said, okay, I've done real estate. I don't want to do the flipping and wholesaling, but I want to get back into real estate. Mm-hmm. And I created this vision of how and what I wanted to do, what the grand scheme was. And the first step was property management. I wanted to build the property management. And then from property management, I wanted to do asset management and, you know, do uh, capital uh, real estate acquisition, you know, buying apartment buildings and so building from one step to the next step to the next step. So started. So the first step was property management. I started researching um, different franchises and decided on PMI because of their broad, broad spectrum of property management, residential, commercial and association management. So. So property, so property management is another facet of real estate that I wanted to get back to and, and build upon it and create this massive, uh, uh, real estate fund, which is property management, asset management, and private equity. So I got the first step, which is property management, learning that, how to manage property. And now I'm going into asset management, which is more of, you know, acquiring real estate. And how to do capital improvements to bring value added, um, value added to the property to, to create appreciation and wealth. And then the capital side, the private capital side is where I, I bring a group of people together, uh, investors that are interested in doing real estate, but don't know real estate, but want to passively invest. And we bring those investors together in what you call a syndication and we buy real estate. And, you know, we, and through that platform and the asset management and the property management, you know, we have to, that real estate portfolio grow. So that's kind of the vision. So that's kind of what I was like, okay, that's the down the road plan. So how do I get started? So property management was the first, you know, pillow, basically. Yeah, totally
0: (laughs) understood. I get it. And you definitely picked a central pillar, um, in, in game. And what I really like about what you just said is, you started with creating a vision and I think many entrepreneurs at times we can skip that spot. <laughs> we just want to start, you know, uh, maybe we just want to start with selling something or we got this idea that we haven't actually sat down to go, okay, at the end of the day, what would I like this energy that I'm, I'm putting out in the marketplace to turn into, but I, I have a question. What okay. now with the the wisdom and Apparently this stint at trucking, <laughs> all of this uh, in 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 retrospect, what would you say that being on a farm uh, working there, what would you say that uh, playing ball in the NFL and what would you say that trucking helped you? Uh, what are those skill sets? What are those insights that you gain from those other things that are helping you today be successful at what you're doing? Hello there, entrepreneur. This is Jay Massey. I know that if you've ever gone over to the site, cashflowdiary.com, you may have asked yourself, where on earth do you get a domain name from? Especially as you are beginning to build your bigger, better, batter business, you need a web presence. You need the email address. You need a way for people to contact you electronically so that you can stop doing the at gmail.com game. Well, the good folks over at GoDaddy have definitely supplied us with every domain that we have ever used. So what I want you to do is I want you to go over to trygodaddy.com forward slash cashflowdiary. Again, that's trygodaddy.com forward slash cashflowdiary. Because it's a quick way for you to get set up to capture your domain name the exact way that you want it. They got easy search functions. And most importantly for you is that you'll be up and running today. As I said once you get started, stay started. Don't let small little obstacles of how to get your own domain name going stop you. So, again, go to trygodaddy.com forward slash cash diary and let's get back to the rest of the story.
3: Well, I think everything builds on, on everything. I mean, it's like building blocks. Um, you know, sports, I mean, we all know the analogy. I, I played a position, cornerback, where, you know, it's always man on man.
0: But, whoa, 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 whoa um, one quick second. One quick second. Okay. But there okay. might be someone who doesn't actually know cornerback. What is that position? And you, from your perspective, what what is the the that position in and of itself?
3: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I played man on man, so I, I guarded, you know, the the best wide receiver, and you know, so we always going one on one. So it's always a one on one game, and you have to have a quick, uh, well, not a quick, but you have to have a a short memory. Because, I mean, you can get beat on any play and either let that play affect you or go on to the next play. And the same thing in business. Every day is not going to be a, a great day. You know, you're going to have some bad days. You're going to have some you're going to lose some clients. You're going to you know, you're going to have some uh employees that that uh are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So you have to learn how to. Oh, that forget makes me feel that. better
0: that yours do that. Too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignore. You have to go
3: through the adversity and, and continue to you know, play at a high level. And, um, and that's what I did. That's how you make it from high school to college to the highest level he is. And, you know, playing cornerback, which is I'm on defense. We guard the best wide receiver, you know, basically we playing against that guy one-on-one and, you know, he's giving me his best. I'm giving him, my best. I'm trying to stop him. He knows where he's going, but I don't know where he's going, but I know his tendencies. I know his, uh, I know, you know, from studying film and looking at him and, and watching him, you know, yeah. what he might do in this situation based on this down and distance and this formation. But same thing in business and trucking and anything else. You know, I, I didn't do very well at trucking the first time I did it. You know what I'm saying? I, I started a trucking company and had two trucks. I said, man, cause I'm, cause I'm thinking every time these trucks move, they're making money. So I was like, Man, I might need to check out this trucking thing. So I, I bought two trucks. Where I understand the business and, and didn't do very well at it. So I took a job with J.B. Hunt um, as an operations supervisor with the intention of learning the trucking business for three years. So uh, I got promoted, hmm. and I was in Virginia Beach. I got promoted to Maryland, and then I got promoted to New Jersey. So I learned the trucking business for three years, and then I started my own trucking company for five years. So I, I taught myself the trucking company business because it was just it was just fascinating me. I thought I was going to be a big trucking executive. I mean, I tried to acquire a trucking company in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, this hundred uh, operation, uh, hundred truck operation in Louisville, Kentucky. I was going. To, I, I mean, I studied. I put all into trucking, and it just didn't work out. Uh, it was just very capital intensive. You know, the drivers are always jumping from company to company. It's a lot of turnover. It just became too much. And, and, you know, I, I had immersed myself into I even, you know, taught myself how to drive just from, from growing up on the farm. I'm serious. From growing up on the farm, nice. I knew machinery. So I taught myself how to drive trucks over the road and started going over the road with trucking just so these drivers could know that I'm all in. They can't. They can't tell me that. Well, you've never driven a truck before. Well, yes, I have. I've <laughs> driven a truck. I've gone over the road. I've stayed the night in a truck. I've done everything on the truck. So I was like, I got my driver. I got my CDL. I taught myself how to drive. So that these drivers, because when I first started, these drivers were like, well, he's just a guy just running a truck company with, with some money. Mm-hmm. He don't know what he's doing. So I, I said, well, I'm gonna change that attitude so I can make sure I attract the right people and the right drivers. That, that wanted to, uh, you know, be a part of what I was doing. But, you know, trucking was just too time consuming and capital intensive. And it's just, whew. If if you, you got to at least have 50 trucks or more to really make a dent in this trucking because it's so fragmented, meaning, you know, there's guys with one truck, there's guys with five trucks, there's guys with seven trucks. And it's just so fragmented and competitive that, you know, you just got to right. either go from one level quickly to the next level or just drive yourself. So, so I mean, but you know, it was a learning experience and, um, it was very uh, valuable learning experience. So what I learned from that was that, you know, sometimes you got to learn to adapt, which I did. And then you got to learn to know when to pivot. And I had to pivot, you know, I said, like, okay, the trucking, this is not what I'm, what I'm going to do. You know, it's not, it's not lining up for me. Um, you know, it's not coming together like I wanted to, I don't want to spend any more time in this. So I got to pivot and get back to what I know, which was real estate. So that's when I pivot back to real estate and started researching, okay, what do I want to do in real estate? How do I want to grow in real estate? What's my end goal? Mm -hmm. So i start from the end, did my planning and then, you know, walk the steps out from there. So you start with the end in mind and then work backwards. You know, that's what I was taught from, you know, reading a couple books and in business school and, um, so I started backwards, kind of what my end goal was, and then started with property management as my first, uh, pillow or first stage in this, in this grand vision of
0: mine. Yeah, no, totally understood. And, and I, as you were talking, I'm sitting here thinking, when you say that, that, that's no different than, you know, coach calling the play from the sideline. He's got a vision of <laughs> here's the end. Yeah. This is what's right. supposed yeah. to happen? right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's like so exact. I mean, yeah,
3: game planning, just like game planning for business, game planning for a game, you know, you do your research, you know, in football, you, you look at the opponent, you, uh, you game plan according to their tendencies, what they run all the time, um, you know, what they do in this situation, what they do in that situation, and, um, and then you you know, you put your game plan together. It's like a chess match. Same thing in business. You do your research on your competition, you do your research on the market, uh, you know, you look at your your resources, what you have, you, you try to recruit people to come along on the vision. Same thing with in football, you know, you have your team, you get people to play on the same page, the chemistry, get people playing in concert together. But that's when you win, when everybody's doing their job and and everybody's it's responsible. And same thing in business. Everybody's doing their job. They're carrying their weight. They're helping the business grow. So,
0: You said a couple of really great things. And I just want to make sure that people hear that the fact that you were willing to take a job to to learn, not necessarily to earn, you were like, hey, if I'm going to do this trucking thing, I'm going to go on the inside, gain some knowledge, and then come back to owning it. But something that I think that's even more important than that is that you mentioned during that period you wanted to make sure it was important to you that the guys knew that you have done what they have done. You, you've you slept in the truck. You know how to drive the thing. You're, you're not just the owner. So that brings up the question, how important, in your opinion, is it for the the CEO, the owner, the person to be able to have some working knowledge of those positions so that they can have that credibility, I guess, if you will, with the person who is actually doing that job?
3: I think it's very important. Um, I mean, you have to know that when something goes wrong, you know, you have a kind of a, a empathy of, of what's or why it's going wrong. You've, you've been in that situation before. And with the trucking, you know, when a driver tells me the truck broke down because of this and, you know, I'm on the road and this, blah, blah, I, couldn't, I couldn't I couldn't imagine why because I'm sitting in the in the house on the computer, and he's on the truck. So I had to get on the truck and find out what really goes on on the road and what really goes on when the truck breaks down, what goes on when, you know, uh, freight is delayed or why the shipper is not, you know, doing this or that. So I had to, you know, experience. And experience is the best teacher. You know, words don't teach. More experience is the teacher that teaches. And when you go through an experience, you, you can relay that experience on how you – you know, you solve that problem or how you went about, you know, coming up with a solution. Because if you can't do that, then it's, you know, that's when you, you know, you're not very good at conflict management. You know, you gotta be able to deal with conflict, deal with adversity. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's there, you know, you know, the, the problems are here or the contrast are here to help you expand and, and continue to grow. So without the, you know, the difficulty, you can't, you know, reach the heights. that's my mindset anyway so you 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 use the contrast to help you you know expand and grow and learn and that's all it's here for because you're here to expand and and grow and and do what you want to do and and uh and make it happen so
0: yeah now i've often held and uh, i've often held this thought in my head that there are certain um people on the planet who are who have an advantage, an extra advantage when it comes to uh, being a, a business owner. So I, I'm curious to hear um, your thoughts on this, on this thought, because I've often thought that musicians uh, have an advantage. Uh, I've often thought that other artists uh, of most kinds, and I have definitely have thought that athletes have had uh, an advantage. And here's why. And it's specifically because you know how to fail. Because I think learning how to fail, more importantly, fail, get up again, and try again properly is a skill set that obviously isn't taught except by experience. And I'm just curious if, if that's something that you, you see as an advantage for yourself.
3: Well, I, I don't look at it as learning how to fail. I think you more look at it as, you know, there, there's going to be, let me see, what's the word I want to use? You know, there's going to be bumps in the road along the way to to what you desire and it's how you respond to that it determines whether you know you continue on the path or you don't continue on the path i mean there's always going to be obstacles because you're always expanding so there's always contrast or um obstacles in the way that that have you reach for more so i think it's learning to fail just more you know, learning, you know, to be persistent, to be determined, to be, uh, you know, a, a creator and, you know, to create, you know, as you go along. Because, um,
2: what's the word? How am I trying to explain this? Um, uh,
3: you, you are a creator.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We are creators. So we we're able to create. In our lives and in order to create in our lives, you know, there are contrasts that cause you to desire things. So if you are sick, you desire to be well. So with that wellness that you seek, you know, you, you kind of change either your diet or you exercise or so it causes you to do something that you wouldn't ordinarily did if you, you know, wasn't experiencing that. So. It's kind of the same thing in in business, athletics, uh, or in life. You know, the the contrasts are here to help you expand, to get you on the path to what you desire. And you know, you don't look at what's already going on. You you continue to keep your focus on what's ahead. Because if you look at what's going on, you're going to continue to gurgitate what's going on. You're going to continue <laughs> to just it's just going to keep keep continuing. You like. Because if you continue to harp on negativity, you're always going to have negativity. And you wonder why you're never having positive things happen because you continue to focus on the negativity. So the basic, your focus is supposed to be on what's ahead, what you want, what you desire. And the contrast or the negativity or the obstacles or adversity is here to make sure you stay focused on that. Don't get distracted by this. Continue to to go forward for that. Because if you talk to most successful people, Everybody's been through that adversity that that's highs and lows right they said they can they continue to move forward they continue something something happens or uh they rendezvous with somebody they meet a person or they're in the right place at the right time because they continue to move forward and not look at what is is going on around them, but they continue to move forward and that's the same thing in life and football as I learned as an athlete, you know. Yeah, I made a I got beat on this play. Okay. I got I got to go to the next play. The game's not over. I got to go to the next play and play that play. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you got to you got to deal with the now. And sometimes the now is not as where you want to be, but you still have to deal with the now and continue to move forward, continue to uh plan, continue to uh you know, move forward, move here, move ahead and um and that's what athletes do, you know. We have have that mindset that, okay, this guy scored 50 on me. What am I going to do the next day? You,
2: know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just
3: basketball, football. Right, right. It's all the same thing. So I lost a big client. Just say, well, it just wasn't the right time or, uh, you know, this, that client was uh, removed because something better is on the way. So you always got to gotta take the, the adversity or the negative and spin it until, okay, let's look at it this way. This was done because I learned from this. Now move on to this and something better is on the way.
0: So, so with, with that being said, um, as it relates to being a property manager, what would you say are, are the things that uh, have allowed you to excel uh, now in, in managing property? And more importantly, how can we as investors work better with our property managers? man I've learned
3: a lot in this property manager i mean it's it is a <laughs> it is a it is a business in and of itself I thought trucking was like that, but property management is a whole another business and uh it's been a learning experience it's a lot different from the real estate i've been doing but it's been a learning experience and i've had um um success um you know learning it i've i've immersed myself in it i've surrounding myself with good people, that's why I did the franchise. Um, you know, I got a good support with PMI. You know, they have the they help me, you know, with the policies, the procedures, the marketing. So it's all that fran that franchise support was very um advantageous for me because if I had done it by myself, you know, it would have been another, you know, spinning the wheels like what's next, what to do, how to do it, when to do it. But with the franchise model it has been very productive for me. It's been very advantageous for me with the support and and all the materials and uh, resources that they provide. So um, it's been very good. Um, you know, the business is uh, going very well. I had the chance to purchase another company in Virginia that's doing association management. So with a part with another franchisee that I met and uh, we came together and bought another business in Virginia. So, you know, we're doing well. We're, we're putting the time in. We're We're studying the business. We're learning the business every day. Um, it's always something new, you know, we're always expanding, you know, we want to expand, we want to grow, we want to, you know, hire the right people. I do want to get to the point, especially in this Baltimore business, um, like it is in Virginia, you know, get, a get away from the day to day and kind of, you know, get people in place. So I'm, I'm, I want to put people in place to duplicate myself so I can work on the business instead of in the business. Mm-hmm. And uh so I want to get, more to that, especially in this Baltimore office and the Virginia office, we have people and we just visit that place, you know, every two weeks and strategically, uh, go over the business at that time and, and plan. But now in the Baltimore market, I am, um, you know, working the day to day and kind of doing the solo entrepreneur thing, but it's been fun. It's been fun. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm here to stay and this is what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: understood. Understood. So yeah. um, for those that have listened this far and and are intrigued by what you've got going on, especially maybe they're looking for property management or, or they just want to connect to understand more about the Baltimore market, what's going to be the best way for them to catch up with you?
3: Yeah, I man, we have a lot of people that buy real estate and, you know, they want to self-manage. And it's it's a very difficult process. Don't I do think. that.
0: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't do it.
3: Yeah. Don't do the self manage. Trust me, I've I've taken over for a lot of owners that have done the self management and it has been a lot of trouble cleaning up that mess. I think for a while there we were specializing in cleaning up messes. Cause man.
2: <laughs> we would
3: get owners that would have problems with tenants and code violations and everything. I mean just not and, I mean, we had this one owner, I mean, it was just disastrous, and we cleaned up this whole property, got him, got the property filled, got the property cleaned up from a maintenance standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from an interior standpoint, and, you know, got the property producing, you know, producing income. Because that's what investors buy, property. They want the cash flow. They want the appreciation. They want the uh, the wealth building. And you can't do that if you're constantly turning over tenants. If you're not keeping up with the asset preservation, if you're not doing the maintenance, if you, you know, you're not keeping an upkeep of the, of that asset, that's what it is, an asset. And, uh, so most people when they buy it, they think it's going to be immediate cash flow. It doesn't always work like that if you don't, if you don't run it properly. And that's where we come in at as property managers. We, you know, we help the, the manager plan, you know, what, what are your plans? Uh, you know, do you want to own it for five years, seven years? Uh, do you want the cash flow? Do you want the appreciation? And, you know, you can have all of that, but, you know, how are you running your business? You know, mm-hmm. How are you finding tenants? You know, are you finding good tenants? Uh, are there a lot of turnover in your tenants? Are you keeping up with your deferred maintenance? Are you doing your maintenance? You know, what's going on with the property? Are you registered? Are you doing your lead inspection? So it's so much with, it's so much, uh, day to day activity that you gotta, you know, be on top of. And, you know, people can contact me because, you know we have the the support and the system of the franchise as well as my experience and my vendors to really take care of your property and you know find you good tenants and you know you can get in touch with me at um www.pmielite.com. so that's p m i elite dot .com that's my website all my phone numbers are on there um my email you can contact me through the, you know, we have a a page on there that you can send me information. If you, you know, inquire about property management and, you know, we can help you, we can help assess your situation. You know, what you want to get out and investing in because real estate is supposed to be a, you know, wealth building process, a positive process. And <laughs> most people make it, make it real, uh, uh, difficult. <laughs> it can be difficult for people because they're in court all the time or, you lose the property because it didn't cash flow because they bought it too high and, and now they're not making enough money off the rent because, you know, it's just the market is just not bearing that, that amount of rent to cover your mortgage. So now they're upside down and then they lose the property. So, you know, because uh, we can help from beginning to end, uh, you know, before you acquire the property, you know, what's your investment look like? What the market looks like? We can do the market research. Uh, we can tell you, you know, how to buy it. Um, and then, you know, help you get tenants and make sure that it cash flows for you. So,
0: Completely understood. And I appreciate that. Now, as we wind down here, I've got a question for you that I'd love to hear your answer on. Let's let's pretend for a moment that someone listening that they're 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 excited. They're like, you know what? I'm I can go through a journey. I can make pivots. He you know, he did it. I can do it. Uh, and now they're maybe they're even standing in front of the superhero outfit store ready to pick up their cape. They're going to try this entrepreneurship thing and they're, they're going to make it happen this time. Now, you know, like I know that when those moments of decisions come often, we have another companion and that companion comes in the form of a voice, a voice that often reminds us what we can't do, why it won't work, how tough it's going to be. Who on earth are you to even think about doing a trucking business. Why are you, what What are you doing? You know, that that voice. And now for some people, they're actually related to that voice. My question to you though is let's pretend that they're actually going to follow through this time. You know what? They're, they're going to do it and they're going to do so in the next 24 to 48 hours. What would you suggest that they do?
2: Oh, man. That's a good question. That's a good question.
3: Well, The first thing they got to do is they got to get rid of the voice, all distractors. So, you know, don't pay attention to the distractors. Don't pay attention to the the uh, the outside voices. Only listen to the inner voice of yourself. Now, sometimes that inner voice will also be a distraction because it'll say that you can't do it because of your doubt, because of your fear and stuff. But the outside voices, you already know, just pay no attention to them. But the ins- inside voice, you have to you have to kind of tread that one a little bit, because, I mean, there's always going to be a doubt. But that doubt is coming from because of your upbringing or because you're just scared or because of how you was raised or, you know, just previous previous input that has been over the years. That's just been there. And, you know, you just got to get over that hump of that inner voice and say, you know, I can do this. And then you got to prepare you know, you gotta um either take like right now I'm going to school to get my MBA. You know, you gotta you gotta get the knowledge base. I I've I graduated from North Carolina with a business degree, but I didn't use it for ten years because I was playing in the NFL. You know, I started some businesses but it's more passive than uh than what I was doing now. So I, I went back to school to get the knowledge to to help better educate myself and run and be an educated business owner. So Cause the world has changed. It's more globally. It's, it's a lot more stuff going on than when I graduated from, from college. So, so you first get rid of the outside external voices, you know, kind of pay attention to your inner voice. But when it, cause the inner voice is not going to lead you down the wrong path. That doubt might be, uh, there for a reason, but you got to climb over and say, okay, I can do it. You got to convince yourself, prepare yourself. And then check your resources, you know, make sure that you got the resources to start. Most people wonder how I'm gonna do it. I, I tell people most of the time, don't worry about the how. Mm. Just write the plan down. Cause I I read in Napoleon Hill, um, Think and Grow Rich, that, you know, just write have an organized plan. And the how the the universe or the the bigger the grand scheme some people call it universe, some people call it God. I wanna offend anybody, but you know, the universe would r- arrange the how. You know, it, it it'll come to you. Because if you talk to most successful people, there's always a point where they met the right person, they was in the right place at the right time, they 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 rendezvous rendezvoused with somebody, or they was just they met someone and it it just happened. And don't worry about the how. Just write it down, get it organized, and then walk it out. And then the how will come to you as you as you move through life. And that's how it happened with me. I was a walk-on in college. I didn't know how I was going to play football in college. I had the grades. I had the. I applied to different schools. I wrote to different schools. Please take me on your team. You know, it didn't happen. Wow. So I said, I was already accepted to the University of North Carolina. I said, well, I'm just going to walk on. I don't know how I'm going to play. I'm just going to walk on. Hey, I competed. I got a chance to get in. And when I got in, I made plays. I got a scholarship in two weeks. So you never worry about the how. The how is going to, if you just have the passion, the determination and the, you know, the, the effort and the will to just want to succeed, it'll happen, you know. That's why I stated earlier that most people, they don't, they don't get out of their rut or their transition because, you know, they just don't keep going. They stop. And that's why I always said don't quit because that next step, might be your turning point, you know. <laughs> right. And most people quit before the, the turning point happens. And, you know, just don't quit. Just keep going. Do pay attention to that inner voice because it will lead you. But, you know, ignore all the external voices and uh, prepare and just go after it. You know, I always tell people to go after it. If it, I always went through this saying, I'm going to leave you with this last saying, mm. I want to make sure I get it right. Um, if the opportunity comes, take it. If the opportunity doesn't come, make it.
2: That's it. <laughs>
3: nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, I learned that a long time ago. You know, if the opportunity comes, take it. You know, go with it. Be passionate about it. Because that's the biggest thing, passion and enthusiasm. got to be happy where you at. Because there's always, you know, there's always going to be things that are going to be distractions. But just be happy. Just have fun. Just go after it with passion and enthusiasm. And don't worry about the how. The how will take care of itself. That's not your job, is to worry about how. Because a of people say, well, I don't got enough money to do this. They always stop themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't got enough money. I don't know the right people. Just put the plan together. Do your research. Come immerse yourself in it. Uh If you can get, you know, courses or education or get a mentor or somebody to help you, then do that and then, you know, just put it into action. Implement, you know. And uh, and the how would take care of it. So I, I can tell many stories in my life of I didn't know what what was going to happen, but the how showed up every time.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love it. 100 yeah. percent. I, I definitely yeah. uh, appreciate you being able to tie all these things together throwing trucking at us even out of nowhere. So that was pretty cool. And uh I, I definitely appreciate uh, all those things that you've done th- doing. And I'm really glad that you're a positive example out there of those that have made the transition from professional sports to something else. And uh I thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge, your wisdom, as well as your insight here with us today at the cashflow diary, sir.
3: Well,
0: thank you for having me on. I, I really do. Thank you for having me on.
3: And uh, you know, anytime, it's great. I mean, uh, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to research the show as much as I should have, but I'm glad you have me on. And I appreciate your audience and I appreciate what you're doing and, uh, you know, talking to entrepreneurs and getting the word out there and helping us grow and and hear our stories. So I appreciate what you do.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for you to move at the speed of instruction. What does that mean? That means pmielite.com. You want to see what it looks like? Go there. Get it done if you're in that area and you want to put some assets in there. You know a guy who's there. You know what he's been through. You know how he thinks. You know how he works and you know that he's doing it the right way. But most importantly, I hope you heard some of the last things that he said because you've got to remember, don't worry about the how. And if the opportunity comes, take it. And if it doesn't come, Make it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun talking to you today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Until next time.